Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Get through at least this year. We, we do need more money. For why? We don't just need more money for vaccines for children eventually. What's, what's going on? We need more money to plan for the second pandemic. Oh. There's going to be another pandemic. The what? The second pandemic. Oh, so once again, Numb Nuts is up. He's talking about, he said the stuff, you're not supposed to talk about that one out loud, Joe. Not yet. Not until later in the summer when they, see, remember we've been telling you they're going to lock you down. They're going to have more pandemics so they can lock you down and do mail-in balloting and the whole thing, right, for the midterms. Remember how I was telling you how calm the Democrats seem about the midterms right now? That everybody on the right is talking about the red wave, red wave, red wave, but the Democrats are like, yeah, baby, we got this. Ain't no problem, baby. baby. Hey, come on, baby. What are you talking about, man? You ain't going to take nothing from us, man. What you talking about? And no, uh, the Democrats are, you know, they're all calm. Republicans are, red wave, red wave. Why? Let Chris, let's play it again. Why? Because the Democrats know they got it in the bag because Joe said what you're not supposed to say. We'll get through at least this year. We, we do need more money. Mm-hmm. But we don't just need more money for vaccines for children eventually. No. We need more money to plan for the second pandemic. The second There's going to pand- be another pandemic. It's going to be another pandemic. We got another pandemic coming your way just about, you know, right before November. And we're going to have to have everybody go home. Everybody got to go home now. And we got to have you locked up at your home because we have a vote coming up in November. And, of course, we, we want to do mail-in balloting. So we got a lot to talk about there. Joe is also saying he's uh, calling on Congress for a free month or a three-month federal gas tax holiday. That's breaking news right now, coming hot off the press. Three-month federal gas tax holiday. Hey, Joe, baby. Just drill. Quit delaying the drilling, which he is doing, and we'll talk a little bit about that. I have the actual facts on how much he is delaying. So i got a lot to get to. Let's jump in. Trey Ware, KTSA. There's Chris. There's Don. There's Lane. Let's go. Uvalde officers had resources to stop the gunman within three minutes, says the Texas DPS director, McGraw. He squarely blamed Pete Arredondo for failing to confront the gunman sooner. First responders arrived at the elementary school as the shooter began his rampage. They had the bulletproof shields, the assault-style weapons. Remember, we were told they didn't have any of that. They had to cower in the hallway because they didn't have, they had little bitty guns. Bullcrap. They had what they needed, and they waited more than an hour to enter the connected classrooms where the gunman was a threat to those students and those teachers. Hey, what did the students and the teachers in the classroom have? Nothing. The cops in the hallway, they had big old bulletproof shields, and they had big old guns. Big old guns. Police efforts that day were an abject failure and antithetical to everything we have learned over the past two decades, said McGraw. Or is it McCraw? It's McCraw. McCraw. He's the state's top law enforcement official. Testifying under oath. One hour, 14 minutes, and eight seconds, said McCraw. That's how long the children waited and the teachers waited in room 111 to be rescued. And while they waited that one hour, 14 minutes, and eight seconds, the -the on-the-scene commander waited for a radio and rifles. And he waited for shields, and he waited for SWAT. Lastly, he waited for a key that was never needed. Why? Because the door was not locked. Why? Because he never went over and tried the door. Never even gave it a tug. We heard all about going through a ring of keys. We we heard about needing the hooligan tool. We heard about all this crap. Nobody even walked over and pulled on the door. Is it unlocked? It was. McCraw said the only thing stopping a hallway of dedicated officers from entering room 111 and 112 was the -the on-the-scene commander. That's Arredondo, who decided to place the lives of officers before the lives of children. Okay, I've said that since the first day. Since the first day of this. If you're a cop and you cops know this, you got to put your life ahead of them. And you got to go. Or you got to put their life ahead of you, and you got to go. 
I had I had somebody say <clears throat> on my Facebook page yesterday when I posted this. Somebody said, "Well, it's a, it's a law that the police don't they they are not obligated to defend your life, so you have to defend your own life." Okay, I agree with that. When you're talking to an adult who can legally carry, you're talking about little children in a classroom. Of course, of course, police should defend their lives. Arredondo said in an interview with the Texas Tribune. He did everything he could to save lives, mostly hindered by a door that he didn't have a key to unlock. But security footage now shows that police never even tried to open the doors in the classrooms, never even gave them a tug, never even tried to open them. McCross said officers never needed a key in the first place. Apparently the door wasn't even locked, he said. I don't believe, based on the information that we have right now, that the door was ever secured. And he didn't, he didn't have a key, and he certainly couldn't lock it from the inside, so the door was unsecured. McCraw also presented the most comprehensive official timeline of the massacre up to date. He's calling it an abject failure <clears throat> that the rampage could have been stopped in the first three minutes. McCraw called the police response an abject failure. <clears throat> three minutes after the shooter entered the building, and by the way, I do not call him by his name. Other media outlets are. But the reason I have never said his name, not even one time, is because that's what he was looking for. And the teachers and the people around him now have admitted, and they admitted it to the Senate panel yesterday, he was seeking fame. Well, I'm not going to give him what he was seeking. This is one of the most popular morning shows on planet Earth. I hear from people all over America, and his name is not going to be said from these lips. There was a sufficient number of armed officers, said McCraw, wearing body armor that could have stopped the rampage. The only thing stopping a hallway of those dedicated officers was the commander, Arredondo. Police had the shields and the rifle and the body armor long before they confronted the gunman. The decision by police to hold back went against much of what law enforcement has learned in the two decades since Columbine, said McCraw. You don't wait for SWAT. You have one officer. That's enough. What did I say? Good guy with a gun takes him off his mission. If he's focused on shooting children, you get in there, and I don't care what kind of gun you have, you start firing at him, and now his attention is focused on you, not those little babies. You don't need shields and SWAT. Just get in there and get his mind off of what he's doing. If you're in an active shooter situation at a Walmart or at a wherever, you do the same thing. You you take his attention off of what he's doing at that time. That's what your weapon is for. Well, end his life if you can. Eight minutes after the shooter entered, an officer reported that police had a hooligan crowbar. They could break in the door, McCraw said. Officers with rifles instead stood and waited in a hallway for over an hour before they finally stormed the classroom. McCraw said, I don't care if you're in flip-flops and Bermuda shorts, you go in. McCraw said, with classroom doors were unlocked and officers never attempted to open them until they entered the room and killed the guy around 12.50. 75 minutes, 75 minutes after the officers went in the classroom or went into the building. Arredondo had told the Texas Tribune that he used several keys to try to unlock the door to the classroom, but McCall said, no, no key was needed. How about you try opening the door to see if it's locked, said McCraw. The gunman apparently, remember we've been talking about money? How'd he get thousands of dollars? Apparently he had a joint bank account with a grandmother he shot, worked at odd jobs. Bought two AR-15 style rifles, 375 rounds of ammo, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. I still have a lot of questions about where he got the cash. It's a lot of money, folk. I tell you, I tell you, I, you know, for me personally, that's a ton of money for me. I do, I do okay. I'm not rich, but I do okay. That's a lot of money for me. McCraw said some teachers had raised concerns about the shooter. Let me black his name out here. <clears throat> don't want to inadvertently say it, about the shooter claiming that he was scaring them and dressing like a school shooter. 
The doors were routinely left unlocked in direct violation of the Valley Consolidated Independent School District School Safety Directive. The shooter entered the school through the unlocked south door and walked directly to the classroom with the malfunctioning lock. Does anybody find that a little weird? How, how did he go directly to the classroom with the malfunctioning lock? How did he know that? How did he know that one had a malfunctioning lock and he could get, get in there? Did he do a little recon, or did somebody do a little recon, or what happened? I mean, how do you know? There's a bunch of doors inside the class, you know, inside the building. How do you know go, he walked in, according to McCraw, walked in and walked directly to the bad lock, to the bad door, the one he knew he could get in? How did he know it? How did he know it? Chris, how did he know it? Don, how did he know it? How did he know that that one had the bad lock on it? What else? What else I got here? Uh, McCraw went on to say, the officers had weapons while the children had none. The officers had body armor. The children had none. The officers had training. The subject had none. One hour, fourteen minutes, eight seconds. That's how long the children waited, and the teachers waited in room one eleven to be rescued, and they waited. The on-the-scene commander waited for radios and white rifles. The classroom door was unlocked, but they didn't even try to open it, said McCraw. He's testified that on video he never saw anyone put a hand on the door and try to open it before the keys got there. <clears throat> now, let me throw a little twist in here, and I'm going to take some calls. Uvalde Mayor Don McLaughlin says that all of what you just heard is a big lie. <laughs> That's what he said. He says McCraw is lying. That's what he said. Don McLaughlin, the mayor of Uvalde, Texas DPS, is lying and leaking. He said the gloves are off. As we know it, we will share it. We are not going to hold back. We kept quiet at the request because we thought we were doing an investigation and doing the right thing. But yet, they can go to Austin and have public deals, talk about different things, don't share anything with this city. McGoughlin says he's been unable to get information for himself. He said, Colonel McGraw, whether you like to call it a lie, a leak, mislead, or misstate information in order to distance his own troopers and rangers from the law enforcement response, said the mayor. Every briefing, he leaves out the numbers of his own officers and rangers that were on the scene that day. So this is now the mayor now blames DPS and the Rangers. McLaughlin says he's not trying to protect anyone. He has no allegiance to anyone. Colonel McCraw has an agenda and has not to present a full report and to give factual answers to the families of his community. The petty infighting to make headlines and politically motivated scapegoating is not helping anyone. It is dividing a community and further frustrating grieving families. So all of what you heard from McCraw yesterday, the mayor, Don McLaughlin, says the damn lie. All right, Mike, fire away. Yeah, okay, well, like I said, I don't, I don't care what that guy says. The only guy I'm concerned with is the first guy you mentioned. Uh, the, okay, now how would you feel? Well, I already know how you feel because you're a good man. Okay, the surveillance video, like you said, showed that these people never even – attempted to open the door. Um, okay, I told I talked to you a couple of weeks ago. I told you that the kids were on the cell phone making 911 calls to their parents and to the police when this loser was in there shooting. Uh, these, this guy here, he, he doesn't need to be asked to step down. He needs to be fired. He should have been fired a couple of weeks ago because uh, it's been over a month now. If he had, like I say, if he if he had any kind of class, uh, of Texas, if he don't want to resign, I put the boot to that guy because right now we got 19 kids that lost their lives because this guy was nothing but a coward. Every single officer needs to be prosecuted for negligent homicide because without their lack of action, a lot of those kids would still be alive today. You better believe it. Yeah. Guilty till I'm proven innocent. Whiplash, heavy metal accident. Rock on. I want to be the president. Because I love it love.
<laughs> How'd I know all that? I got all that committed to memory. Huh? I've been cranking this up for 40 years. Why not? <laughs> well, let's see if I can do the next one. Hungry for the medicine. Two-fisted till the very end. Rock. Treated like aliens are not gonna take it. Yeah. No more alibis. Got me hypnotized. I won't be tranquilized. Because I love it. God, the stuff I waste brain cells on. I, I wish remember. I had some of those back. <laughs> I can't remember the lyrics to the song. <laughs> like a few here and there. But. I actually used to do this in a set when yeah. I was doing some music. Yeah, I was doing some music. I would do the whole Gene Simmons stand there and, you know, shake my head. And, did you uh, wave, your t- wave your tongue around at people? I did. I admit it. I did. Yeah. It would come out every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Exactly. I mean, I caught you doing it to Chris earlier. Right? Well, I didn't know what was going on. his last day. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, you pick it. You you play whatever bumper you want to play today. It don't matter. Oh, it's just going to be a lot of loud death metal. Okay. Well, <laughs> if that's what it is, that's what it is. Slipknot all day. Right. 24 St- hours, Slipknot. Stuff to scare your mom with. That's all right. Yeah. Mom needs a little scaring today. Yeah. Scare your mom. Scare your mom day. So, <laughs> How long have you been here? 10 years? 20 years? 20 years. 15 years? How many? Just about 16 and a half. 16 wow. and a half. So nearly 17 years. That's yeah. amazing. September would have been 17. Well, and today is it for you. You're moving on to greener pastures. you got a big deal with satellite radio. We'll soon hear his name broadcast all over America and ships at sea, um, as he will be on satellite radio and uh, working from the East Coast. So that's where all the money is. The money's not here in Texas. It's, well, as you know. Because you gave up a bunch of money from Banger to, to move down here to San Antonio. Oh, yeah, boatloads of cash. Right, yeah. And just left it sitting there on, exactly. the, on the dock. Got it. On the banks of the Penobscot River. So still, what, it's still there. What you left behind in Banger, he's picking he's up in going D.C. going to get it, yeah. Good for you. So. Thank you. I appreciate it. He, uh, great friend, great producer, worked, uh, you know, did all my dad's stuff when the Ricky yeah. Ware show was going on. He was tremendous right. for that. Uh, done all of this stuff. Uh, kept you guys going. And... Kept you funny and moving in the right direction and mm-hmm. uh, and held the whole thing together. So, yeah. hate to see him go. You ever, you ever have one of those moments where, you know, something's coming up and, it, and, it's, and it's highly unpleasant for you and you try not to think about it? Oh, sure. That's been this for me <laughs> since yeah. he told me he was leaving. La- I'm, I'm more than happy for him. <laughs> and I, it's, it's a great opportunity sure. and I'm so proud of him. Yeah. But it's like, you know, come on, man. Yeah. This, you know, you just miss. described my last colonoscopy. So. <laughs> it's coming up. But I try yeah. not to think about it. You well, know? there you go. They give me that right. purple juice stuff. You're not going to hand me purple juice stuff, are you? Oh, do it. You're not going to make Come me on. sit on the throne all day, are you? <laughs> Chris, the colonoscopy. Yep, exactly. My colonoscopy here's, day is here. Here's your parting shot. <laughs> uh, just give me the profile. I'll be just fine. That's, yeah. That'll work. Okay, um, I got more on the Uvalde stuff. And the, the more this comes out, the more it's just really crappy. Okay. The, the latest is, and I'll talk about this some more after the bottom of the hour, and i got a stack full of stuff, folks. The police officer whose wife called him and said, I've been shot. I've talked about this many times. He rushed to the scene. Ruben Ruiz. When he got there, his wife was inside. She'd been on the phone with him. Ruben, I'm shot. And they talked. <clears throat> he gets there. The police grab him and escort him away and took his gun away from him. Would not let him go in. You know, maybe he was. Maybe Reuben was going to be the difference maker. Maybe Reuben was going to take this jackass out. But instead, in another screw up, in my opinion, the police take him away from there and take his gun away from him. You talking about somebody? who, look, you need somebody to handle business, not stand around in the hallway, hand him an AR. He may have lost his life, but he was going to take care of business because his wife was laying on the floor in that classroom dying. Give him an AR and let him go in there and handle business. It seemed like the only life they were focused on protecting was the shooters. Seems like that, doesn't it? I mean, they wanted to talk to him. We wanted to have, we wanted to have a conversation with the shooter. You kill him. And that's where Reuben probably would have. 
No doubt in my mind he would have. I know what I would have done. Give me the AR. What do you mean you're leading me away and taking my gun away from me? To hell with you. I'm going in there. Anyway, that's another just, I mean, the whole thing. The whole thing. I can't find anything in this that's good. Nothing. But we got that. We got another recession. We got got Biden talking about another pandemic headed your way. We got the delays from Biden on oil drilling. He's delaying more oil drilling. <laughs> That's good news, isn't it? All right. So he, he doesn't want he wants the oil, price of oil to go up. And uh, and the gun control stuff from the Senate is coming up. Oh, and, you know, the senator, the Republican senator that's leading the gun control thing, our very own Mitt Romney, his name is John Cornyn, he now wants to give amnesty. <laughs> he now wants to work on amnesty. I'll explain. Coming up, Trey Ware, KTSA. <laughs> The only thing stopping a hallway of dedicated officers from entering room 111 and 112 was the on-scene commander who decided to place the lives of officers before the lives of children. 542, it's Chris Bump Day. He's a metalhead. Here we go. All right. <laughs> this is where I'm going to start talking because I have no idea what he's saying, and it just might not be arable. Uh, 210-599-5555. Right. I believe he's asking for a lozenge. He might be, yeah. as a matter of fact. Anybody have any secrets one. or something like I've that? I've got the COVID. i got COVID. That's Six feet away. away. <laughs> 210-599-5555. He's saying, I just drank, drank a bottle of Jack, and now I'm eating the bottle. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so that was McCraw. That is the head of the uh, law enforcement, head of DPS for the state of Texas, says that um, Uvalde police totally screwed this thing up. I, I went into it in detail in the last half hour. I'll go back into it in more detail. Coming right up for you and taking your calls. The Senate unveils language of the uncontrolled deal, expanding background checks. What that means is it's going to take you longer to get your gun. So let's just say you're a woman and a guy has threatened to harm you. Maybe it's the old man you kicked out. Maybe it's a guy who attempted rape on you, and you'd like to go get a gun to protect yourself from the old man or the rapist, right? Uh Uh-uh. Nope. You're going to have to wait longer. Because our very own Mitt Romney, John Cornyn, has struck a deal with the Democrats. It's also financial incentive time going to be paying states and cities for more red flags uh, where you uh, you know you somebody says you're crazy you need to we we need to take your gun away from you and you have to prove a complete trampling of due process you have to prove that you're not crazy Meanwhile, our very own Texas Mitt Romney, John Cornyn, trying to advance amnesty for illegal aliens after striking the deal on gun control, he said, quote, first it's guns, it's non-immigration. Why don't you just put a D on your name, John? Seriously. And then Kirsten Sinema said, that's right, we're going to do it. So really, the bottom line is we got to get all those new importees the right to vote. So we got to hurry up, hurry up, hurry up and get am- get amnesty done so they all can vote. By November, I told you. <laughs> Don't you have a sounder says, I told you. That's it. Joe Biden says the government needs more money because there's going to be another pandemic. There's a second pandemic coming, says uh, Joe. Prepare. We need money. Of course there is one. We told you about that, too, because November is coming. And the mail-in ballots, you know how cool, calm, and collected the Democrats have appeared in the face of a red wave that's rolling in from the Pacific. They stand on the beach, nary a hair moving on their head or bottom. Why is that? Because they're going to have another pandemic. Henry Cuellar wins against Jessica Cisneros. Good for Henry. I pushed for that. I'm glad Henry won. Now we got to get him to lose. <laughs> Henry, I love you, but you got to go. Now Cassie's got to beat you. Cassie Garcia is the one that needs to beat him in November. And here's one for you, Mr. Moe, Don Moe. <clears throat> Joe Biden, with everything going on in the world, he's pushing to the top of the priority list. What would you think? Gas prices? Nah. Skyrocketing inflation? Nah. Record high gas? Nah. The war breaking out in Europe? Nah. Disastrous foreign policy decisions? Nah. Border crisis? Nah. No. Nah. What's important now? We got to move this to the top. Is taking nicotine out of cigarettes? Uh, so. <laughs> oh, good lord! I'm telling you, man. I well, would, you know, I would no. say dumb as a box of rocks, but that'd be insulting the rocks. You know what I'm saying? 
not that that you know isn't important, but you know at this point, no, look, there are other things that should let me probably go, be going on. Let me go through this list again: skyrocketing inflation, record high gas prices, war in Europe, disastrous foreign policy, catastrophic border crisis, and I could go on and on and on and on. And on. Mm. Do you think it's a really good idea to take nicotine away from people right now <laughs> <laughs> when we really need it the most? You think that's why? Yeah. I mean, I don't smoke, but I'm thinking about man, just give me some, give me a nicotine shot. You know what right. I mean? Right, some of that gum that you can chew. Or whatever, yep. it calms people down. Right. Right. Sure. And if anything we need right now, we need more calming of people down. You know, people are getting out of vehicles and shooting each other. Nah, don't get out of the vehicle. Just shoot them from your vehicle. You know, mm-hmm. we got all that going on. And Joe says, I think it's a really good time to take their nicotine away. <laughs> oh, Joe, baby. <laughs> so that's the next thing. Well, you know, he's, he's working on it right now. He's going to start re- restricting. He wants to remove nicotine from cigarettes. That's after, it. after rattling the oil industry, now he's going after tobacco. Oh, yeah. So, sure. Yeah. Got to collapse it, too, man. Got to destroy it. (laughs) Just, you know, it's one thing after another. And the way I feel about cigarettes, they're bad. Both of my parents suffered harm from smoking all those years. My dad had COPD. My mom had hardened lungs. You know, contributed to early deaths for both of them. There's no question in my mind that their years and years of smoking did that. But you know what? That's what they decided they wanted to do. And that's the way America's supposed to be. If you decide you want to smoke, then get after it, baby. Smoke like a chimney. I don't care. I've seen people light one with one that's in their mouth, man. <laughs> I have. <laughs> they make all those noises like that, and they smell horrible. God, they smell horrible. You can tell when somebody's smoking. But you know what? That's you, baby. That's you. That's America. Go ahead. You know, smoke it. And uh, and and if it's got if it's got nicotine in it, and you want to smoke nicotine and the other ten thousand chemicals that are in it, well, have at it. That's you, you know. And that's how I feel about it. And now, not that you advocate the. the I habit, do not. But I, if that's what you want to do, no, absolutely. I gr- right. I grew up as I said. I grew up in in not only Don in a house where both my parents smoked, but all my friends' parents smoked. This was when everybody did, yeah, right? Right. And then I got into a business where everybody smoked in the room that you were in yeah that's but true it's today we're very sanitized in these rooms you know and we don't allow, we don't have smoking in here and all that guy they no, they to, have fired smokers from radio go outside well yeah but there are just a few here now there's a handful yeah. right but it used to be they in this building they walk around in this building all the time man yep. Cigar- all day long right in, in their hand yeah. right and so I, I've been around it literally all of my life. I probably have secondhand issues. I'm not really worried about it. I don't spend all my day thinking about it, you know, but I never picked it up. I just cho- I chose to, I made a decision that that wasn't for me. Right. And early on, that decision was made on my athleticism, and I was very dedicated to my athleticism. And later in life, it was after I started to see what was happening to my parents, you know. My dad right. would describe having an elephant sitting on his chest, Yeah. right? And so I just finally said, you know, that's not gonna, that's not for me. It's yeah. not, it's not my deal. Dope wasn't for me. Didn't, didn't, you know, the whole marijuana thing or anything else. Never, never was my thing. And it's not that I'm a perfect kid. I'm not. I'm not. I'm far from perfect. It's just a decision that I made. And people who want to do that, who want to make that decision, that should be up to them. If they want to smoke, smoke. Mm-hmm. Have at it. Right. It you won't. know what's always seemed stupid to me is uh, like, like this move to take the nicotine away. Why don't you just outlaw them then, Joe? And he knows. Because once you do that, you're going to have the most unbelievable. Once you take that that out of there, first of all, you're going to have a lot of pissed off people. They're going to be walking around not not very happy. That's going to be a, a big deal. But you also go. You want to create a black market? Yeah. <laughs> well, it impacts. It'll impact a lot of bottom lines as well. Well, I big mean, time jobs are going to be going away. How, I mean, how much money? How much a pack of cigarettes? Is what nine, ten bucks? Whatever it is. How now, much of that know. is is straight taxes? A ton. You know, probably seventy five percent of a it. A ton of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Plus all the people who work at the cigarette places to make the cigarettes right. and grow the tobacco and all that. It's yeah, it's but, tens of thousands of jobs. Says the uh, says the industry. Right. So you know they're going to take away tens of thousands of jobs. That are legal, tax-paying, funded jobs. I mean, they pay their taxes. They do their thing, right? And, again, I'm not advocating smoking, so don't anybody call me and say, I can't believe you're advocating smoking. I'm advocating freedom. Free, dumb. Try it sometime. It's an awesome concept. You know, it's none of your business if somebody wants to light up a Marlboro Red. As long as they're not doing it in your car. It's none of your business. Who cares what they if they're out on a job site and a boy wants to smoke a Marlboro Red? That's up to him. If he's on his motorcycle and he wants to light up a camel filter, that's up to him. It's not up to Joe. Joe can go to hell. 
<laughs> so sick and tired of all these nanny states. Sorry, folks. I'm just so sick and tired of nanny staters. And then one one thing we ask them, look, look, they can screw around all day with all of these things, right? Uh, take your nicotine away, going to do this, going to do that, all that little crapola. The one thing we ask them to do is public safety, isn't it? That's the one thing we say we want out of you is public safety. We pay you for public safety. And they can't even do it. 19 kids are dead down and two teachers dead down in Uvalde because they couldn't even do that. Can't even do that when called upon. A church full of people dead in in, uh, Sutherland Springs because they couldn't even do public safety over there. Took a good guy with a gun, my friend Stephen Wilderford. So the stuff that we don't want them to do, like screw around with cigarettes, they're going to focus on it. That's a really important thing. we got to get a nicotine out of them cigarettes. That's really important. Create a black market, Joe. Go right ahead. Create a black market and another crime. Can't, can't, can't you see it now? How many people are going to be uh, arrested now and thrown in jail for having a black market cigarette with all that nicotine in it? You know it's coming. You know it is. You're going to find it on the street. And the next thing you know, you're going to be in jail. While the murderer and rapist gets out, the guy buying a nicotine-full cigarette is going to sit in jail. It's so screwy right now. (laughs) Don and I got all the answers, and we're going to run next time. We're going to fix all this crap. We're going to go fix all this. Takes us a couple years, and we'll come back and do this. What are we running from? For? No, no. Well, king and and queen. You figure out which one you are. All right, well, I already know. (laughs) Back in a minute, KTSA. Is with Trey Ware, appear courtesy of the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. Well, the Westminster Dog Show is continuing over on FS1. If you want to see those little poop wagons do their thing, that's uh, where you can catch it. I think it's a 400 on uh, Spectrum, if that's what you've got. Uvalde officers had the resources to stop the gunman within three minutes, says the Texas DPS director, Steve McCraw. Um, he laid out quite a case yesterday. I'm going to tell you about that after the top of the hour. However, the mayor of Uvalde says he's full of it and that he's lying to you, and that's not how it happened. So you got to hear what I got for you coming up next. Trey Ware, KTSA. Yeah. waited for SWAT. Lastly... He waited for a key that was never needed. It was an unbelievable day of testimony from Texas DPS Director McCraw saying the Uvalde officers had resources to stop the gunman within three minutes. Blaming Pete Arredondo, the chief of police for Uvalde schools, for failing to confront the gunman sooner. The first responders arrived at Robb Elementary School just as the shooter began his rampage and they had acquired bulletproof uh, shields and assault-style weapons, uh, let's call them ARs. Still waited more than an hour to enter the connected classrooms where the gunman was still a threat to the students and the teachers and was summarily killing them. Police efforts that day were an abject failure antithetical to everything we have learned over the past two decades, said McCraw. One hour, 14 minutes, and eight seconds. That's how long the children waited, he said. You just heard that pit. The only thing stop a hallway of dedicated officers from entering room 111 and 112 was the -the on-the-scene commander who decided to place the lives of officers ahead of the lives of the children. Arredondo said in an interview with the Texas Tribune, he did everything he could to save lives, mostly hindered by a door that he didn't have a key to unlock. But, But security footage shows that police never even tried to open the doors into the classroom. They never even tried. McCraw said officers never needed a key in the first place. <clears throat> I don't believe, based on the information that we have right now, that the door was ever secured, McCraw said. He didn't have a key. He certainly couldn't lock it from the inside, so the door was insecure. McCraw presented the most comprehensive official timeline of that day as well, calling it all an abject failure. They had what they needed to go in in three minutes. 210-599-5555. Three minutes after he entered the building. There was a sufficient number of armed officers wearing body armor that could have stopped the rampage, McCraw said. So I go back to the question you've heard me ask many times. This comes down to a matter of want. They did not want to. Again, I'm being sensitive to police. But I have to ask the question, why didn't they want to go in? Police had shields and rifles and body armor. 
The decision by police to hold back went against much of what law enforcement has learned in the two decades since Columbine, said McCraw. You don't wait for SWAT team. If you have one officer, that's enough. He said officers did not need to wait for Shields to enter the classroom. Eight minutes after the shooter entered, an officer had the hooligan crowbar to be able to bust into that room. Yet again, they waited for an hour. And McCraw said the classroom doors were unlocked and officers never even attempted to open them. They never went over and just jangled the doorknob to see if they could get in. The shooter did. Arredondo had told the Texas Tribune that he used several keys to try to unlock the door. McCraw said, that's not true. How about trying the door to see if it was unlocked? The gunman also had a bank account with his grandmother. We're going to talk more about that a little bit later on. Uvalde officials... The doors were routinely left unlocked in direct violation of the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District School Safety Detective or Directive, he said. The shooter entered the school through the unlocked south door and walked directly to the classroom with the malfunctioning lock. How did he know which door inside of that school had the malfunctioning lock? Did he recon? Did somebody else recon for him? In other words... He walked into the school and went directly to the door that had the malfunctioning lock. How did he know that? How did he know? How would he have known that that's the door I need to go to to get in there to the children? The officers, they had weapons. The children had none. The officers had body armor. The children had none. The officers had training. The subject had none, said McCraw. Now, the mayor, his name is Don McLaughlin. He's been on this show. He says the head of DPS, McCraw, is lying to you. He says none of that is true. None of it. He says the gloves are off as we know it, and we'll share it. We are not going to hold back. We keep quiet at the request because we thought we were doing an investigation and doing the right thing, but yet they can go on to Austin and have public deals and talk about different things and don't share anything with the city, said the mayor down there in Uvalde. He said, Colonel McCraw, whether you want to call it a lie, a leak, mislead, or misstate information in order to distance his own troopers and rangers from the law enforcement response, every briefing he leaves out, the numbers of his own officers and rangers that were on the scene that day. So the mayor is saying that Colonel McCraw from Texas DPS is lying to you about all of this. We also found out that Ruben Ruiz, the husband of one of the teachers that was wounded in the classroom, had tried to get in there and get to her, but the other officers took him away and took his gun away from him. Took him away and took his gun away from him. Meanwhile, Uvalde teachers are starting to say, oh, we knew this guy was bad news. By the way, I'm not saying the guy's name because one of the things that they are saying is that he wanted the fame that others are giving him right now, and I'm not going to give it to him. I'm not, I've never said his name. I'm not going to because that's what he was seeking, according to these, uh, these uh, tes te testimonies. But Steve McCraw also said that after the shooting, at least six individuals told him that the shooter had worried them. McCraw said these worries had only been voiced to him after the shooting and that no reports about him had been made prior. That disturbing behavior was well known in the small town of 17,000. There was footage of him holding a bat of dead cats posted online. McCraw also speculated that the draw of instant notoriety enabled by the Internet and social media, the scourge on our society today, social media, the black mark on our society today, social media, the untold hell that social media has brought to our society. Yesterday, we had the story of children ordering drugs like fentanyl on social media. We told you that they have those little emojis, and they'll post an emoji in a certain Snapchat. And the next thing you know, the opioids or the coke or the meth or whatever the little emoji that they posted, they all have a little code, you know, kind of like a... Uh, we, we were telling you one time George Michael had a had a guy that uh, that supplied him the date rape drug because that was his thing, and they called it champagne. Can you get me some champagne tonight? Well, they've got emojis now, and when they post an emoji in a certain place, the drug shows up at the house. This is on social media. So this guy was on social media. 
And he was looking for fame on social media. He wanted to be a star. How many times can we tell that story? How many times have we told that story? That these guys want to be stars, that they are isolated, that they want attention. And they figure to get the attention, they've got to act up. We talked about how, you know, they go trendy and everything. Well, these guys are trendy in that they start wearing all black and the combat boots and the long chains hanging from the belt loop and everything else that they start to do to look like who? Who do they want to look like? Klebold and Harris. When you start to see somebody dressed like Klebold and Harris, if you want to know what they look like, just go on, on Google Images and look it up. But what they're seeking is fame. That's what they want. They figure they're going to get the fame by taking out children. McCross said the Texas Senate hearing that teachers told him, this was the student who scared me the most. He started dressing like a mass shooter. Again, look it up online. The question was asked to McCraw yesterday, do you think social media aspect, do you think the guy knew that the minute he pulled the trigger, he got notoriety? McCraw said absolutely. Some of the statements he made, some of the statements the killer made, suggest absolutely he knew he was going to be a, a star on social media. I know some of you love it. I, I know, and I've, I've done enough. I've done my fair amount of, of social media. I'm, I'm doing a whole lot less now, folks. I'm not missing it, really. But something we've got to get a handle on because it's destroying, it's destroying children. Fentanyl is coming across the border destroying children. Young boys of military age that would help us fight against a country like China. Hey, I got another question for you. This is a little off topic, but I'm going to get into it a little bit later on. Our uh, Attorney General, Merrick Garland, who has yet to do anything to protect these pro-life family centers and churches that are being firebombed every day. You're not seeing that on ABC, by the way. But, yes, every day there's a firebomb or an act against a pro-life center or a church in America, and Jane's Revenge says there's a night of terror coming, and they have yet to describe them or classify that Jane's uh, Revenge group <clears throat> as, a, as a terrorist organization, but that's exactly what they are. They're calling for domestic terror. Do you know where Merrick Garland is right now? Anybody? 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 He's in Ukraine. Now, Attorney General of the United States is a domestic job unless you're dealing with, like, drugs coming in and whatever. But very rarely would the Attorney General go to a foreign country. Especially when you got a bunch of stuff going on here. And especially when something, something, something could break out at any day, let's just say on a Thursday of this week. And the Attorney General is conveniently out of the country. The guy who is supposed to be in charge of all of this, the guy who is supposed to be protecting our Supreme Court justices, the guy who is supposed to prosecute domestic terrorism and terrorist groups is out of the country it's kind of convenient it's a little too convenient for me you guys may not think so but it's a little too convenient and the fact that he's out of the country the attorney general he's not anthony blinken that's not his job he's not the secretary of state he's not an undersecretary of state he's not the secretary of defense there's a war going on in ukraine what is the ag doing in ukraine and I'll take it one step further, and then I'll break. Why are all these Biden uh, administration officials going to Ukraine? What's, what's, what's in Ukraine that they got to have? Jill was just there. She's not an official, but, you know, <laughs> she sleeps with one of the officials every night. Why are y'all moaning? Oh, you're throwing up. <laughs> it's the first lady. She sleeps with the press every night. Why well, is she over there? Well, you can assume, but... Well, yes, I, 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 that is assumption. You're correct. Right. They may have an Ozzy and Harriet thing. It's very on. possible. It's possible. Or, or, or just something really weird, you yeah. know. But like, like Bill and Hillary. They may have the Bill and Hillary model. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, can you bring me some pizza? Anyway, <laughs> I like anchovies. And a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. A little jalapeno pepper on the side. <laughs> I think it'd be really good if you did bring it to me in the skirt only. So, uh, 
It's a real doozy. It's a real doozy. <laughs> anyway, why are they going there? We're pouring billions of dollars in Ukraine, and why are they going there? Okay, I'll let you add 2 plus 2 and see if you can come up with 18. Meanwhile, I'll tell you about the Arthritis Relief Centers of San Antonio. Arthritis Relief Centers of San Antonio, these knee injections helping so many people feel so good about themselves. Getting rid of the pain of arthritis in the knee. Getting back your life. Arthritis hinders your life because it hinders your mobility. You can't move as well when you have arthritic knees. Well, Arthritis Relief Centers of San Antonio, they can give you these gel injections that really do get rid of the pain. I've seen so many people that have had incredible relief from the pain and then start to get back to doing the things that they really enjoy doing with life, like, like getting on a boat and going fishing. And you know how hard that is when you've got arthritic knees to stand there and the boat's up and down and you're trying to hang on for dear life and it's just pain after pain. If you want to get back out there and get fishing again, go to the Arthritis Relief Centers of San Antonio and get these gel injections and watch what happens, man. It's amazing what this can do. We have to find out, first of all, if you are a candidate. So I'm going to give you the phone number in a second. They're FDA approved and covered by insurance. And they're going to give you a free, no-obligation screening. Free, no-obligation. They're not going to try to sell this to you. You've just got to find out if it's going to work for you. That's Arthritis Relief Centers of San Antonio at 210-944-4902. It's going to be sunny and hot. Highs near 100 through the weekend. A little change coming next week. 77 now, KTSA. Good morning. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Let's get low down show at the uh, Tobin last night. The one and only Boz Skaggs. <laughs> Baby. I think this time of morning a little smooth groove from Boz ought to help you get things rolling. Here you go. I was on the bike the other day. I was over there by the forum. I stopped at a red light, and I had this jamming at about, well, my, my stereo on my bike only goes up to 10. I had it on about 15, and a uh, girl drives up next to me and parks at the red light. About mid-20s, black girl, mid-20s, something like that. Somewhere. She rolls the window down. She goes, man, that is so cool. <laughs> I said, it is, isn't it? That's an old man song. <laughs> she was jamming to it, too. Yeah, we said to Tobin last night. Tonight he's going to be in Austin. So, boss is getting around a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, you got to start down here in Texas. He sure did. Played How did that around. happen? He was, I believe he was from Ohio originally mm-hmm. and ended up in the Dallas area mm-hmm. and started playing in clubs there. Met up with another Texas guitar player. Named? Steve Miller. That's it. And uh, you look at the first Steve Miller band album, there you see Boz Skaggs. That's right. There, so. And uh, and, and, and Boz is well-known not only in, in rock and roll and uh, AC and everything, but a lot of jazz stuff right, as well. Rhythm and blues stations. And, well. and in 1980, Urban Cowboy put him over the top. Yeah. Love, look what you've done to me. Mm-hmm. Mm, in country music. I used to play that on K-Buck. Back is that right? Yep. It's oh, great, yeah. It's a great song. It's a great record. Yeah, yeah, we just played here. It was one of those that got played on all kinds of stations. Yeah. Lying here with Linda on my mind. That was another one. Remember that? I do. Yeah. Well, here she is. Hi, Linda. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Trey. Listen, I- I'm concerned. We all know that what happened in Uvalde, the, everyone that stood outside that door and let this horrific thing happen, uh, it shouldn't. They, they know they were wrong. But I'm concerned that there's so much speculation and so much talk about those people. I'm, I'm afraid that some of them, are, the guilt and shame is going to overwhelm them, and we're going to see some suicides. And well, I'm really concerned about Well, that. I certainly hope not. I, 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 I'm, cause obviously, that's just a touchy subject for me, Linda, and I'm, I'm concerned about that all the time. Uh, but, but however, you know, we do have uh, a, a duty, um, not only in our business, but as a community, uh, to talk about this kind of stuff when it comes up. And I've, I've restricted myself to just talking about the testimony. I'm not speculating. Uh, I don't, I, and I, from day one, I have yet to speculate. If there's testimony on this or if somebody has said something, uh, I, I, that's all I will report. And in fact, Pete Arredondo, the uh, chief of the school police down there, early on, I was just reading his quotes. That's it. I wouldn't even make stuff up because I don't do that. I, I, I don't, I don't traffic in that kind of stuff, Linda. And I hate people who do. 
uh, I do enough research to to cover my rear end and my you know all this stuff. What I what I've been talking this morning about McCraw, those are direct quotations from McCraw. McCraw. Well, guilt and shame will just overrule someone's heart. Oh, sure it will. Uh, I, can't, I, I, I can't help that. You know, it, that's true. You're right about that. I can't help that. That's not a reason for us not to talk about it. The number one reason for us to talk about it, Linda, in my view, is to try to prevent it from happening again. If there were mistakes that were made, either mistakes of commission or omission, we got to talk about it so that when September rolls around, our kiddos are going to be safe. I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's just my my heart is sure. Is, uh, Mine too. Goes, it goes out to them. Absolutely, yeah, I'm I very. I appreciate you too, Linda. I'm very sensitive to that. I do. I I take that admonition with the the spirit of which it's uh, meant, and I agree with you. However, I, I'll give you one example that I got to take a break. One example of how this has been good so far. The commissioner that's in charge of safety for the schools throughout the state of Texas has already said we're going to check every single lock on every single door in every single school in the state of Texas. Three hundred and seventy-five thousand locks. We're going to go through and check every one of them. Now, that doesn't happen unless you and I are talking about this and demanding it happens, right? That just doesn't happen because he woke up one morning and said, you know, maybe we ought to check them. No, it happens because we're not going to let them sweep this. This is not going to become the fifth or sixth news item and then suddenly disappear. We're going to keep talking about it until they take action to protect our little babies. That's all I want. I want their action to protect our little babies. And if there were a bunch of uh, if there were a bunch of great you know commandos that were down there doing their job, that's one thing. If they were mumbling, stumbling, bumbling fools, that's completely other. Where did they screw up so that we can talk to other officers? Don't do this. Don't do that. Now let's go out and check every lock. Now that's what our duty is as a community. And I just have a voice in the community. That's all. Thank you, Linda. Appreciate it. I don't tell you about Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat, and AC. Quarter Moon is great. 210-651-5899. 210-651-5899. With master plumbers on staff, you don't have to worry about them sending somebody out that doesn't know what they're doing. If you've got a plumbing problem, you call our friends over at Quarter Moon, and they get out to you right away, and they're not going to send out a commission sales rep that's going to try to sell you something. They're going to send somebody out that's going to do a great job for you and take care of what needs to be taken care of so they can get out of your hair and get on with life, and so can you. And by the way, had a friend yesterday whose AC went out. Said, call Quarter Moon. You know, you got to get them out there right away. And they will. They'll get out to you right away because they know how miserable it is to be without AC this time of year. Their phone number is 210-651-5899. They have all the heavy equipment that they may need for a job. Fully stocked truck, full service plumbing company, and AC company as well. That's Quarter Moon. 210-651-5899. This newscast brought you... Outfit did very well. That's something we've been doing for fairly well. That's why we need the money. That's why we need the money, John Hayward from Breitbart.com, is because there's another pandemic coming. You know, it's going to hit right around October and should be in full effect right around November. Have you noticed, John, that the Democrats in this uh, this sea of red tsunami that's headed their way, they're standing on the beach and their hair is not even the least bit moosed because they're just not upset about it. Hmm. I wonder, with the new pandemic coming, is everybody going to go back under lock and key so they can do mail-in ballots? Oh, I think that's probably a safe bet. Even if they don't impose massive lockdowns, there's going to be a huge push to have this mail-in balloting nonsense and ballot harvesting and, you know, the midnight people stuffing thousands of ballots in a box. All that crap's going to happen again. And they're going to push really hard to make sure our election rules stay loose enough to allow those kind of shenanigans. I mean, there's there's no question about it. And if it isn't the coronavirus, it's going to be monkeypox. Right now, there's this huge marketing effort, this just bizarre public relations campaign going on around the world at, at health agencies, World Health Organization to rebrand monkeypox are going to change its name because they think that name is discriminatory somehow <laughs> and they and they they don't think people are worried enough about it there's only 2000 cases worldwide in this outbreak so it's nothing but they're trying to make it seem like a bigger deal and i think that's that very well may be the next epidemic by the time october rolls around they might be telling you that we need to take all these special result, results and actions because of monkeypox well i know and and he said it yesterday the president said it i need more money cuz there's another pandemic on its way it's coming and uh, I don't care what they call it. I know how you get it, and I'm not doing that. So I ain't worried about it. It's not going to get on me. Uh, but, you know, uh, they're going to try. Um, so the attorney general, 
is in uh it's pretty weird to me you know all the, all the uh, biden people go to ukraine that's, that's even his wife you know that's really weird that they're all going to ukraine like we're dumping billions of dollars in there and then every time we send another billion or two or 40 one of the uh you know administration officials has to go the attorney general of all people merrick garland the attorney general's in ukraine now i'm trying to think of the uh, law ramifications that ukraine and the war with russia may be having here on our shores um and i'm coming up dry but anyway <clears throat> he's over there conveniently at a time when the supreme court is about to announce that uh, you know roe v wade is supposedly going to be overturned or whatever and we have domestic terrorist groups like this uh, jane's revenge group and others and they have yet to do anything to protect the Supreme Court uh, nominees or, or justices, I'm sorry, uh, protect any of these churches and these uh, pro-life centers that are being firebombed every day. Even though the media is not talking about it, they get firebombed or destroyed or attacked every single day. And, and has yet to infiltrate any of these groups like the FBI did on January 6th, the January 6th crew. So uh, what's going on with this? Do you think they actually want uh, hell on earth after this thing happens? Oh, absolutely they do. And I think a big part of the reason why the Biden administration is enabling this terrorism, and, and that's what they're doing. I mean, straight up, they're enabling terrorism. They refuse to talk about it. They refuse to take action against it. And one of the reasons they're doing this is to send a signal to the Supreme Court justices that this is what's going to happen. If, if you vote this way, if you overturn Roe versus Wade, we're not going to do anything and people are going to die. And it's going to be your fault. And they're, they're trying to send them the signal that there's nothing in place to stop whatever violence may come. If they overturn Roe versus Wade. I think this is insidious. This is one of the most disgusting things this disgusting administration has done in its misbegotten existence. It's very deliberate, and it's signaling to the Supreme Court justices to say there is nothing in place to stop widespread chaos if you overturn Roe versus Wade. It'll be your fault, and the people that die will kind of deserve it, is the message they're saying. You know, it's like that you shouldn't have done this, and these these Christian groups, and these these crisis pregnancy centers, they, those people kind of have it coming because they, they oppose the sacred Roe versus Wade. Well, this Jane's Revenge organization has called for a night of rage, and they've been online for quite some time calling for a night of rage, and they explain what that means, and fire is included, and uh, an attack on humans is included, and so on. And yet, the Attorney General, which, you know, he's the worst I've ever seen, uh, is is not doing anything. In fact, he leaves the country at, at this moment, and I, I you know, it kind of makes me think that, um, a decision is imminent. If he's out of the country, then, oh, can't do anything about it. I'm over here. Well, they're running out of time. The decision has to be imminent because there aren't very many more decision days to come. So it could be any one of the next few on the schedule. So, yeah, I think it's more than just a coincidence that he's not going to be around. I remember when they were telling us Merrick Garland was a reasonable moderate who would have made oh, a great God. Supreme Court justice. I, I guess that, that joke is over now. You know, we don't have to talk about that anymore. But, yeah, like I said, this is disgusting. This is the Biden administration, the left, the Democrats, making it clear to people on the other side that political violence is very much in their toolbox, and they will use it to get what they want. It's barbaric, and I think it's just a matter of time. This is how societies end. This is how civilizations die. They're going to send this message that it's okay for them to riot and burn stuff down and kill people if they don't get their way. They already sent that message of Black Lives Matter. They're going to do it again. And eventually everybody that's interested in something is going to conclude, well, that's how I get taken seriously too. If they can burn stuff down and kill people if they don't get their way, then so can I. And that's how civilizations, that's how the public order dissolves. Another thing you're not going to hear on ABC is that the Biden administration yesterday has once again delayed oil and gas lease sales. Uh, amid uh, the environmental protests and these uh, new lease sales, they're just saying we're going to kick them down the road, kick the can down the road and not do anything about it. The administration has yet to hold a single onshore lease sale over the last 18 months. Well, the cat's kind of out of the bag there. If there was ever any doubt, uh, Biden, in another one of his famous uncontrolled mouth moments, said that it was good that, that uh, gas prices are so high because it's going to force all you stupid idiots to buy electric cars. It's going to facilitate this wonderful transformation to green energy that he has in mind. So, yeah, there's, there's no more pretense that this is anything but deliberate. This is Biden doing this to you. If you're a middle-class American, you're under attack. The Biden administration, the people that run him, they think you move around too much. They think cheap gas gives you too many options, too much capital. So they're going to fix that by getting rid of 
of gas and that this is all extremely deliberately done. You're an idiot if you think that Vladimir Putin is causing rising gas prices. Joe Biden is doing this. He's doing it on purpose. And there's really no more attempt to, to hide it because there's no reason to hide it. The, the cake is baked. The midterms are coming. They want to force this transformation on you before they lose their power. So they're just going to keep doubling down and making it worse. Finally, your governor, who is my president, <laughs> I hope someday, is about to sign one of the best things I've, I've heard in a long time. He really has set himself up for awesomeness because, uh, I mean, he talked about Columbia and what happened there and made a very open speech about that, which, you know, a governor talking about something international, he's talking about moving into Pennsylvania Avenue. But he's going to sign, apparently in the next uh, coming days, a bill that would make all religious services essential. We went through the pandemic. We know they're going to try to do this again. They'd love to shut us down once again. It would basically say that if Publix is open, so is your place of worship. That's awesome. I love it. Well, yeah, it is. And it is. It's a blast of common sense. It's one of the most insane things that we saw during these crazy pandemic lockdowns and inflicted untold damage on our children, on, on the American people, on our economy. I mean, this is the worst thing that ever happened to us. And one of the craziest things that happened during these lockdowns was that some stuff was just arbitrarily okay and some stuff wasn't. You couldn't go here, but you could go here. You can do this, but you could do this. You had the political class telling you that your school for your kids is not essential, but a Black Lives Matter riot is. Those people can go out and have a blast because that's important, but your kids can't go to school. I mean, there were so many arbitrary political decisions made during that pandemic lockdown about what could stay open and what couldn't, and DeSantis isn't really clever here, really brilliant, enforcing that issue in a legal way and saying, all right, well, this is essential. Let there be no more political hanky-panky about whether this or that service is essential. I'm going to say this one is, and let's up that bidding. Let's understand that everybody's life is essential. Well, I've said it before to you. I hope in 2024 you're looking for a new governor. I really do. (laughs) (laughs) We shall see. Uh, All right, man. As always, it's such a pleasure to have you on. We'll talk again next week. Thanks a lot. Good to talk to you. All right, you too. That's John Hayward from Breitbart.com. You can hear him right here, and you can read him at Breitbart.com. That's Breitbart.com. I want to tell you about Shirts Funeral Home and what a great group of folks, in fact, family, Shirts Funeral Home is. It's your family funeral home, no matter what you need them for, whether it's a contemporary funeral of today, like right now you need services of a funeral planner okay well shirts can handle all that for you they do it with professionalism and it's uh they make the process easy and a process that's not really easy they make it easy um and then of course the pre-planning and pre-need you hear me talk about so much i hope you've already done that but for those of you who have not sat down with church funeral home to go through that process and i'm not saying they're going to try to sell you something that, you know, well, oh, yeah, you're going to go in there and get beat up and over the head with something that they're going to try to sell you. Nope. All they're going to do is just show everything to you, lay it all out and say, okay, this is this and that's that and this is how much this is and that's how much this is. And then if you want to go ahead and move forward with it, it's decisions completely yours, uh, then you pay for it in, in 2022 dollars instead of, you know, decades from now when you pass, your family has to pay a much higher cost. You took care of them today. And that's what it should be, right? We all should be taking care of our family for the long haul. And your family funeral home, Shirts, is here to help you. That's Shirts Funeral Home at 210-658-9224. Don't evens roofing. Well, here's what we're going to do, everybody. Don and Sean and Elaine, since it's Chris's last day, he's going to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, what do you sounds think great. about that? That yeah. sounds great. You like that? Yeah. What do you think? Don? All right. So, Chris? Your last day to lead off. Thank you. I pledge allegiance to, to the, the flag, flag of the United, United States of America, America and, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. Guests of the 550 KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware appear courtesy of the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. Rock and roll, baby, rock and roll. And, and Chris is also picking all the bumpers today. He gets to, this is Chris Bumper Day. So whatever you hear, it's all here. It's all his bumper stuff. Okay, so uh, coming up on Wearing Rhyme here in just a while, I'm, I'm going to go back into the Uvalde story because more and more of that stuff came out yesterday. I do uh, definitely want to cover a lot of that. <clears throat> the president's newest get rid of. You know how he is. He's all about getting rid of stuff. His newest get rid of. you got to hear this one. 
He mocks the people in the oil industry. He did that yesterday, so we definitely want to get into that just a little bit. Deputy White House Secretary says the Biden administration will not restrict ammunition that's currently available. Boy, that's, if that's not political speak, now he's going after the people who make the 5.56 round that, that are used in the, uh, in the ARs, <laughs> and uh, he's going after the manufacturers now to get them to, uh, to stop. He wants to penalize them so they won't manufacture anymore. It, it's made for military, that round, but they use, they, when they're not making it for military, they use it for uh, commercial use, and he wants to go after that and shut them down because you can buy all the ARs you want to buy. I'm not going to keep you from buying an AR, but if you can't buy the bullets, well, then what are you going to shoot out of it? So he's going after ammunition next. And Michigan's Gretchen Whitmer, boy, they just champs up there. They <laughs> Earlier they had their, what was it, uh, lieutenant governor, whatever her name, whoever she was, and she said, we need a, uh, oh, the attorney general for Michigan. We, we need a drag queen in every classroom because drag queens make the world a, such a, a better place. Now their governor, Gretchen Whitmer, who the Democrats want to run, and I bet she will in 2024. You know it. She's going to run in 2024. She's referring to women as menstruating people. That's right. They're not women anymore. They're menstruating people. Why is it that it's Democrats, and especially far leftist Democrats like Gretchen Whitmer, who are all about canceling women? They cannot say the word. They can't even tell you, like the newest Supreme Court justice, can't even tell you what a woman is. How dare they even allow that word to cross their lips? Woman, oh my God. So now Gretchen Whitmer is not calling women women anymore. Don't use that word women. Don't use the W word. They are menstruating people. She's using that in all of her communications, and she's ordered all of her people in, uh, in, in government in uh, Michigan to use that for women. Menstruating people. I'm not even real sure... <clears throat> that they have enough up here to realize just how stupid they sound. Because it's beyond the point of ridiculousness. It's just pure stupidity at this point, really. Back in just a minute with Warren Rima, KTSA.